Hello guys, very, very excited to be bringing back Isaac Davidson from Perform HQ for episode number two with him. Um, mm -hmm. Isaac, welcome, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. You're very welcome. Um, this is a topic uh, when it comes to skill set that PTs eat up. They love it for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, usually are obsessed about it and don't stop even reading about it when they're when they're not working. So, mate, as you know, my job, I, I love to sit here, even though I've obviously been in the industry 15 years, um, I love having conversations about this stuff, even if I'm learning, because I'm always learning from you guys, and you guys are way more current when it comes to skill set than I am, because I'm, I'm the business guy now. Um, so, dude, where I wanted to kind of open up is I know, and I know you've been learning a lot, and on the outside, Whilst I've been, I guess, looking at you and coaching you in your business, I've been seeing you building out this mentorship where you're upskilling PTs. So mm -hmm. what I kind of wanted to do is, I mean, if I was like a student, I'm just going to pick your brain and kind of see like the elements of it. Because this is, by the way, not by no means trying to sell your course, but I fucking love what you teach. Um, so I guess let's start with, I guess, some of the key elements that you see. And we, we kind of, we can build off our last chat. We talked a lot about three kind of broader areas, but now I want to dive in into like sections. Is that cool? Yep. So, mate, one of the ones that I know is a big, big gap um, for coaches is like obviously they do their Cert 3, 4, or even if it's uni. At a foundational level, let's just talk about like anatomy and physiology, right? As like a base, right? Would that be a good place to start? Yeah. Because I know you cover that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So, what, what it, what are you noticing when it comes to to that? I mean, we were talking off air about like a screening that you went through recently. So do you want to kind of apply what your lessons were around that to why people really need to, to go deep and understand anatomy and physiology? Yeah, 100%. So I think, yeah, so most people come in, they'll do the Cert 3 and 4, they'll get taught their anatomy. And it's usually that that format where it's like, here's your muscle, here's where insertion, origin, action, function, all that kind of stuff. And it's just laid out on a piece of paper. And it's one of those things where it's like, for me, and again, like the way I'm trying to teach is I, I'm really big on trying to get the message across in an like, applicable way. So when a lot of people come in, they'll learn that kind of stuff. And most people do like, the anatomy is usually the only good part about the surgery before, but they'll go over it, they'll brush over it, and they'll get quickly into the exercise and lifting some heavy weights. And then they'll come down the track and you start questioning and asking about it and they'll completely forget it. And they'll mm. completely forget the anatomy and the, the basis of it all. They don't use it, right? They don't use it, exactly. Mm. So it's one of those things where it needs to be taught in an environment like our, like my crew just went over lower body and upper body anatomy in the last two weeks. And the way I kind of taught it was like, we ran through and like, sometimes you've got to simplify it. Like you, you can get lost in language and terminology for some people. So I just simplify it in terms of like, it starts here and it finishes here. Mm. And then the human body, this is where it is. And then we can start talking about what that actually is, what those bony landmarks are. And then we can start breaking down what it does. And then what we try to do from there is try and put into real world application. So if we're running over the adductors and we go, right, touch the pubis, goes down to the femur, they act as like stabilizers of the pelvis. And then we try and put into applicate like applicable scenarios. So it's like, all right, what's it doing in the squat? What's it doing while we run? So like we're talking about off air, like I had a boy come in yesterday. So he messaged me on Instagram um, through our page. He said, hey mate, I'd love to come down. Um, I'm having some issues with my hamstrings. Mm. So I was like, yeah, cool. And it's usually that point for a lot of our athletes is they wait till they break before they get help. It's the, 
it's stupid, but like that's our job as SNCs to educate them over time. But comes in, I get him to go through a score and his hips are going through all kinds of whatever the hell is going on. So you can tell automatically he doesn't know how to put his pelvis in the right position, mm. extend his hip properly to utilize both his glutes and his hamstrings. Because mm. uh, we know hamstrings and glutes extend the hips. And then from there, so we go, all right, cool. We can tell that he's not in a proper position for his glutes to help extend his hips. So his hamstrings are taking a lot of the brunt when he tries to extend his hips. And he's probably going to express that when he runs as well. Mm. So he's had three hamstring strains on one leg. So then we do some squats. We look at it. We try and adjust some technique. And then we go over and we have just on the tracking, we go through some runs. And I see him take his first step and he takes this massive stride. So he massively overstrides. So he, he, and when he overstrides, he puts that hamstring so far in front, he has to attack the floor. And then because his glutes aren't assisting because of his shitty pelvis position, this hamstring has to rip and create a lot of drag. force. Just to drag, yeah, and yeah. tip. So straight away, I'm like, well, that's the issue, right? It's obviously, there's a mix of what's happening in the gym, but also what he's doing on the field as well. And then yeah. from there, he's like, I'm getting adductor niggles. Well, what usually happens when you ham- what usually assists your hamstrings in extending your hips sometimes? Doctor. Doctor. Yeah. Right? Mm. So now it's getting to the point where his hamstrings are starting to tear and get lo- like low grade strains. His adductors are now starting to get strains as well. So then I'm like to him, I then go to him, you need to be careful. You're at a high risk of hamstring tears, adductors, da 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 da. So we referred him out to my physiotherapist who's seeing him tomorrow. And then he starts with us on Monday. Yeah. So automatically, there from my knowledge of anatomy, and how the body moves, and then my troubleshooting of seeing him move in the gym, and then knowing how we can kind of fix it, that's then giving us the answers. And that was lit- that was literally within about a five minute period. That a I, kid, from, yeah. I love what. Why I love that. That like, can I break a bit of that down for fun? Yeah, Just yeah, like, yeah. there's so many. Like, I know that I I attract a, a lot of different levels of trainers. Like, and so that's why when you're talking, I've like. There's people who have been around for a long time that are troubleshooters at a high end um, that even I think could benefit from higher end knowledge as it relates to then going on the field, mm-hmm. right? But I think depending on kind of where you're at, there's a massive, I believe, a gap in terms of assessment in general. Um, and I know that you, you touched on a lot. Um, for the guys that are out there playing online, um, like I was involved with FMA Strength Institute and I know that they were incredible at really breaking down um, anatomy, but then the, the the assessments then relating to well, what do I do with that assessment? So we don't just assess for the sake of assessing. We we assess literally for the point of understanding. Well, how do we integrate that or fix that? Um, mm-hmm. For example, mate, where I started in the industry, um, I was talking about this just the other day. I mean, I, I got into the industry uh, because I did my ACL twice before I was twenty three, and well, I did actually did both. Um, yeah. And I was like, why the fuck are my knees like tenements like two minute noodles? Why are they snapping? Um, and my, my nutrition was poor. I loved drinking alcohol, loved playing footy. I overdid sport, had a lot of inflammation issues, blah, blah, blah. Um, every athlete ever. Every athlete, yeah. And, and, and even idiots that continue until they get smart when they get about 27, 28 in their later years. And then they start to value recovery and everything else. But even I remember going to one of my first um, courses with Mark Buckley, and this is what blew me away. Um, and I know you do a lot of this, mate, but he was the first person that picked up that my right ankle basically didn't move. And when I say, I don't know if you've ever like, we we do like what was called an ankle bias test, right, to see how much knee over toe. Now, Paul Check um, was the first guy I did courses with way back in the day. Um, 
Paul Check did, uh, called them zones. Like how far does the, the knee go over toe? Well, my, my knee, the crease in my knee didn't go past the start of the big toe on my right side. So all I knew was back in the day, I was pretty strong, but when I would squat, I would weight shift to the left because I would run out of range with forward knee progression and then I'd weight shift. Yeah. And then someone picked up and I've had osteos for 10 years that didn't pick up that my right ankle was my limitation. Mm -hmm. so I actually found out that it was a bony block. I badly, badly landed on the side of a guy's foot in a marking contest. I fractured my tibia and then I had a bony block at the front of my ankle. Now that's structural, right? Yeah. Versus functional would be it's it's restricted, it's tight. Um, it could be the Achilles, could be, you know, it's usually the joint that's actually tight. And then mm -hmm. the, there's the muscles that are secondary to that. Whereas the Cert 4 model only would assess the the muscle. Yeah. Usually, as you know, that's not the problem. But what I really love, just breaking down what you said, like screening is so important and that equals your program design. But what mm -hmm. I also love that you said then was two things. One, you realize that you don't do the deep tissue stuff, right? Like you just refer out to an allied health pro. Mm -hmm. And the second part I loved, which I think is a gap for most PTs, which is um, you are bridging the gap between your assessment and what they're doing on the field. Because mm -hmm. you, if you if you were to train someone, but then you actually watch, how many trainers do you reckon watch people run in their gait? No, but even like watch them play. Because that's too- Well, different. that's the next level, right? 100%, yeah, 100%. So where did you learn a lot of that? Application, <laughs> like mm. watching human bodies. Like that's one of the biggest things. And I scream this all the time is like, go and get around environments. We can actually learn this. And we were just again chatting about this off air, like with my trainers and my interns that we're building up now, I want them and I'm getting them in their school at Trinity and I'm getting them in the gym. And I want them to see as many human bodies as they can. Mm. And I want them to see as many issues and troubleshooting and and freakish athletes and then ones that are broken and all like even like the whole scenario. Yeah. Because that's the same thing as me. When I was lucky enough when I started, I got a lot of around a lot of environments. I started at 19 and straight away I was under a mentor. And then from 19, got another job at 21 then another job at the end of 21. And I was always around people that were just telling me stories or showing me athletes and I was just learning it. And that's, that's literally one of the best ways to learn is to see all the different scenarios in front of your eyes. Yeah. I think. 100%. Like, yeah, it's it's the application of, like you say, I think it's very different, like going through a scenario versus when you've actually coached a client through it and you've been able to kind of fix it and do it, that's where you, you bridge the gap from like, I'm lagging a bit, um, knowledge into kind of like developing more experience with the knowledge, but then actually having a wisdom where you go, I think this is where PTs get lost. They run out of tools. Right, they're like, maybe they've only got one way of fixing something, like a hamstring tear, mm -hmm. um, and they don't know how to have other tools. So they don't know how to troubleshoot because they're not in an environment where they're actually getting, I think like you said, feedback. Yeah, yeah. Or, and like not given the answers. Like I had a chat with one of my coaches yesterday and we were talking about an issue with a client getting patella tendon issues. And the same deal, like I couldn't just give him the answer. And I, and I went to him, I was like, all right, what does the patella tendon attach into it? Where does that start? Where does it originate? What's what's the function of the rec fam? What else, where's it going, the hip? What else is going on around that hip? And we started to have conversations and then he's like, oh shit, okay, there's a bit of my anatomy that I'm lagging a little bit. And, the, and that's usually where most people get lost. It's the same thing if you start talking another language to somebody else, you don't know what's going on. You just, mm. just go, 
understanding of what, what's going on there. You might pick up a few different words, but once it gets muddled a little bit, you just get like overwhelmed. You just, you just kind of like don't focus as much anymore. So yeah, I think that's the biggest one is just, again, having that base knowledge. Then you know, as you start to see an issue, you can, you can look at that isolated issue, and then your knowledge of globally what happens in the system can start to think about these different scenarios. Is there a limitation in ankle mobility? Mm. Is there an issue with pelvic stability, which the rectum is starting to overload? And is he, is he in a body position shifting too far forward or not deviating instead of a mass where it needs to be? So, yeah. That's awesome. I love, like, dude, you, I can just see your mind troubleshooting, but I love that you're, you're quizzing people. I think this is where PTs run into the whole, you start talking and I see it in courses, like you start going a bit higher level and then all of a sudden you just see them cloud over, right? And I'm sure you, yeah. yeah. Or, or even just go, yeah, 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 no, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you, get you know? And it's, yeah, and then you can get to end and then it's a bit tough for some people because they feel like they're, they're meant to know everything. They feel like they've got to impress certain people. Like I've been in scenarios where it is, it's both ends where it's like they don't know, but then they'll also be like, they'll sit and be like, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah, no. It's like, you're just saying that just to kind of get the satisfaction that that you've got the knowledge when sometimes you've got to uh, put your ego to the side and be like, all right, I don't know what you're talking about and go a little bit deeper if you need to. 100%. Um, one of my favorite books, Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. If you haven't read it, sometimes this stuff's a little bit hard to read, but like I'm, I'm one of those people, I love that. Um, where you've got to, I, I agree, and people say this a lot, and that's just an automatic response. Yeah, 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 I know, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that one of the best ways to learn, this is kind of a framework for a lot of people, like Cert 3-4 is like very, very, very foundational level. And it challenges people. Um, I know I came from finance and I'm learning about anatomy. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm actually interested, so I want to learn it, right? Um, but this is maybe a side tangent to that. I think this is a really important thing. You don't have to know everything. Um, actually be fucking vulnerable and go, I fucking don't know. Like, I don't know, and that's okay. But association and relevance is where you learn. So like for young Keith, he wants to learn about the knee. Like, I know the ankle pretty well now. I know the knee pretty well now. I know the shoulder pretty well now. So, and I know my lower back and the muscles around that because I've had a lot of injuries I've had to rehab. That's the best thing about being so broken. But oh. also, I think that's how you learn. It's like, don't think you have to know everything. I think the, the awesome thing for you with your young guys is like, Keith now is gonna go away and start researching the knee. And he's gonna start to understand the knee so much better and everything that associates the knee. As yeah. you said, the ankle and the hip and everything that drive the knee. Yeah. I reckon that's probably the, one of the best things I found was like legitimately actually try and get it wrong. Because you will never forget if you get something wrong. Say you're in a seminar or something and someone asks you a question. That's like, we've got our mentorship call and you can see like half the crew don't say a word. The other crew are like really encouraged to have a go. Like I got one of my good mates on there, Morgan, like he'll just, he'll have a crack no matter what. He'll have a crack. Because every time he has a crack and gets it wrong, he's like, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> that's the way I need to think about it. Whereas if someone sits back and gets the answer, they're like, oh, okay, that's the answer. Then it just brushes off their mind. Like it hasn't challenged them in any degree to, to have that critical thinking. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So the only way, I think this is a really good lesson. We we're talking about this off air, but I don't know if we talked about it yet, but as I said, I think you learn so much more about what you know when you start to teach others. Yes. Are yes. you noticing that with your guys? Yeah, 100%. And that's, one of the best things I was lucky enough to start teaching back at clean health in when I was 21. So this is six years ago. Like 
I was a 21 year old kid teaching 40 year old trainers. Mm. And you can imagine if you've got to stand there and teach in front of someone, you want to know the answers to what's going on. But then also, because of the questions that come through to you, it starts to challenge your thinking a little bit. Mm. Starts to kind of go, like we were talking about off air, right? Could you talk about this subject, like you said, for an entire day? You start to think about all the different varying subjects of the topic that you're talking about because of the different questions and all that kind of stuff that comes in. So yeah, 100%. Yeah, so so I guess one of the things for you is I know that values in your business as well. So as, as you kind of imagine you're doing this, um, you, so far I can see your, your, your process and I guess your process in your business is the process you wanna teach people, right? So what are you seeing about the type of coaches that you're mentoring um, and what are the kind of things that you want to see in them as it relates to the values? Because you're kind of touching on it. Like, for example, you want someone that's very kind of growth oriented. So they don't have to know the answer, but you want to see someone that's kind of like self-inspired, that's going to go away and actually then really learn and come back and actually learn. Because if they're not going and learning the lesson, yeah, they're probably not going to last, right? Because they're not going to grow. Like, that's just an example. But what are you noticing for these guys that, that, it, that you can really tie in as a lesson? Um, that's a really good question because we ran over that with my crew yesterday. So obviously being a smaller company, we're getting to that point now. It's like, like I've learned from you is you've got to start laying things out and kind of like, if there's a role, we've got to lay out that role. And if we've got to, we kind of got to lay everything out for the coaches and know all the answers and what to do, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the things we obviously ran through is our values. Um, and one thing for me and my crew is it's... I, I hate, I hate like the rants on like our industry. Like I don't like to do rant, but like one of the biggest things I said to those guys was number one, be a good person. Yeah. And I asked them, I was like, what's the difference between here and all the other gyms that you go to? And one of our guys goes, it seems like everybody's here has been here for a long time, but everybody here is a friend first before they're your athlete. Mm. They come in, they have a joke, they'll sit down, they'll lay around. Everybody will just like, it's just home. Like, you come in and cruise, that environment is created from just being a genuine good person. So like not being this robotic, like come in and you've got to try and make stuff up and like have this kind of persona, like you're a, I don't know, like I just see a lot of people when they coach, they're just trying to put on this act. And as, as in like, that's what a personal trainer or coach is meant to be, but just number one, just be yourself and be a good person and genuinely care. And that, yeah. ticks, that ticks one of the biggest boxes. Then from there, it obviously be like having drive. And that's like a, a big aspect, which is, again, comes back to like, and you you can a little bit, but you can't really like push, push this into someone. No. A drive is self-driven. They've got to come in and have this desire. And I think that comes from, and that's what I keep chatting to my guys about is like, where are you going in a couple of years time? When I sat down here and asked them, I was like, where are you going to be in three or four years time? And they're like, I don't know. And I was like, what are you working towards? And they're like, oh, I was like, you've got to start thinking about this now. Like for me, when I was 21, I was like, I want to be the best educator there is. Or I want it to be this. Or I want it to be that. There's these little pieces that drive you. Otherwise, there's no incentive to push to where you want to go. And it's that desire to go somewhere, that goal that then pushes that drive to then go out and learn more information or message someone that you would never. I've done that so many times where I've messaged big names in the industry, shitting myself, being like, can I come work for free? Can I come shadow you? Can I come do this? Because I had that, I had such a crazy drive to yep. be successful at what I wanted to do. Mm. 
And then I think there was one last thing we were talking about on our call the other day, which is like being authority. So yeah. like being an authority in your role, which can sometimes get confused with a little bit of like arrogance and cockiness, but like be a genuine authority where it's like, you know, the answers, you know, what's going on. But for my coaches, like, I want you guys to be authority, but what does that mean? More like to Sean, I was like, that means you need to have the answers to what's going on. You need to have the, the solutions to the problems that you face, which means you need to dig deep into your education and find those answers. 100%. Go from there, so. Yeah. I, you know, you know, I'm massive on on values. By the way, there's like guys, just for you as a reference, Doctor Don, Doctor John Demartini. Um, that all came out in one go. That's my dyslexia kicking in. But imagine building a business being dyslexic and fucking missing your words. I don't know how people still listen to me. Well, I feel like half of us have something something going on. That's well, let's be honest, PTs. Like, uh, yeah, like we didn't all plan to be PTs, so we fall into this side. So we're misfits most of the time. But yeah, like values is something I'm really passionate about. And just touching on values to build off what you said, um, there's personal values and then there's like your business values and the kind of things that you want to see. That's all we're really here to experience in our life is our values. And so getting helping people get what you're kind of saying, like a lot of clarity um, around their purpose and their vision and where they really want to go. That's where your inspiration comes from. It's like, how do I live out my values? We all have a different values order. Like some people want to be business owners and take on the challenges and the risks, fucking fun, right? Some people have that. Other people are like a lot more passionate about the learning and like the, the training components. And that's cool. Like everyone's different. But what I love then, so to summarize, like be a good person, like be authentic, be real. Actually, if you're, you're also saying as part of the authority, be like solution orientated, but also saying at the same time, you don't have to have all the answers. Just know that you've got a team, people that you can bounce off, um, or you can go and learn, you can come back. And that's also being vulnerable and real, right? So it's like, yeah, but we're more solution oriented people versus people who always just whinge about the problem. Mm. And that's usually, that's usually the, that's what I'm trying to create as a difference between Perform HQ and most is who we are as people. There's yeah. a million PTs, there's a million coaches, there's a million SNCs, there's all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, it's about when the people walk through the door, what do they feel when they see our face? Mm. What do they feel when they see everybody else around them? And it's it's that environment, it's the person who's in front of you. And it's that genuine like, let's go, let's go have a beer on a Friday Arvo together with or on a Sunday Arvo or something, or let's go hang it. Like those genuine, like they just want to be in a good environment. So 100%. I think that's just one thing I'm trying to steal in micro. It's weird, it's, it's this big push and pull where it's like, yeah. We want you to be really serious and really professional, like on stuff, but we want you to relax and have fun. And it's like, we want you to know, it's like life, everything's yin and yang, up and down, like know how to move across that scale from day to day, session to session, like like the whole kind of scenario. So yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a skill to like, one, that's amazing. I love that you're creating that, that environment of like high performance at the time, just like being real. But I feel like, dude, that's a big part. That's a big difference probably between probably going to a facility if I'm like an athlete or whatever and come into your space and kind of trying to fit in versus actually belonging and feeling like this is the fucking place where I, I, fuck, I love to come. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And that's, I'm pretty lucky with the crew that I've got. Like they're like, they even light up when they see someone new coming. It's getting to that point now where like, I'll have someone new walk in and I'll turn my back and I'll turn back and they're having like three of them having a conversation to children. I'm like, what the hell? Like they're just kind of like creating their own kind of thing. Like, the same thing for them. Like a lot of them just want to hang out and be around some like-minded people. And you don't, 
you, you don't get that in a lot of the commercial gyms and especially in WA we're quite mm. restricted. There's not a lot of high performance facilities. So a lot of them are going to the big chains and I finally enough even got a, a, a guy walked past yesterday and DM'd our Facebook group. DM'd our Facebook was like, I love the vibe you guys have in there. Um, can, can I chat about training and stuff like that? I'm kind of over going to my local commercial gym. <laughs> That's exactly what we want. Like that's that's the that's exactly it. So, yeah. yep, and that's awesome because they're seeing it. So that's the vibe, the vibe. Yeah. That's the vibe of the thing, um, dude. By the way, that's like what you want to. In in many ways, that's why I love marketing because it's about capturing that. It's like bottling that. It's like how do we give that experience because it does set you apart from a gym where people are very much very disconnected. It's the opposite in terms of connection, right? It's community. Yeah, and I guess that's probably the whole. I guess that's what I'm learning from you as well. It's like your whole content side is you, you've challenged me on this a couple of times in terms of like, do people actually know what it's like to be in there? And I'm starting to like, even like yesterday, like I put that post up of just like our crew just training. It's just a bunch yeah. of training. Like that was it. Like not always being education focused, like trying to give that scenario. So if someone's from the outside and they're looking in, what's it actually like to be in there? Like, cause it can be quite scary going somewhere new. hundred percent. Again, going back to like your content that you deliver, is it real? Is it authentic? Is it you? Is it just what's happening in your gym? Is it your troubleshooting? Or is it like fancy, trying to find the little one percenter? Yeah, not really. Always doing... trying to outdo people, always looking at other people's shit, copy. It's not authentic, right? Like, yeah, 100%. You, you, yeah. It's, that's what makes you, you and your place so special. It's just, how do you bottle that? How do you, that's why for me, people get like, I know we're going on a tangent. Um, and I know down the track, we're going to talk more about how we help people build off the skill set, build their business. But that for me is like, it's, it's overcomplicated. Like you want to attract people based off your vibe. Yeah. I, um, but literally this is a cue, by the way, I know we're going off on a tangent because we talk skill set, but when you open Facebook, you know, when you open up and it gets the screen and it's got the comment bit, do you know what it says in that little comment bit? It says your name, Isaac, what's on your mind? Now what's on your mind is, how do I bottle the feeling, the way that my guys are training and blah? Well, you did that, right? Like you shared that, it was like real. And people are like, that's fucking cool. Like, that's cool. Like that's that's where I wanna be. I wanna feel like that. I've replicated exactly what you said. I reached out to three of my best mates that live close to me. I'm like, I'm getting up early. It's getting fucking cold. I'm starting to go, mm, I'll train later in the day. I'm changing my places all over the place. I'm like, you know what? I need fucking extra external accountability. By the way, that's the best thing about your, your vibe. There's like three on ones and four on ones and that's cool. But I'm like, I want to train with a bunch of mates where we all show up at like like 5.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I made myself accountable to showing up for all the boys we're going to train together now with, with my program. So fucking sucked in there. <laughs> They're going into a high level straight off the bat. Yeah. But, but do you know what I mean? Like that, that, that vibe is so important to like capture and bottle. Um, and for me, then there's that accountability as well, which I know that you have in your model. Yeah. And that's one like, I think most kids grew up playing sport and that's the thing. Like, I think that's what a lot of adults miss. This can be a whole other thing. We'll get off this quickly, but like yep. a lot of people just want to hang out with their mates. Like 100%. they just want to hang out with their mates and do something fun, lift some weights and stuff together. That's why like group training is so popular nowadays. Yeah. Might agree with like the F45s and all that kind of stuff, but training's not the smartest, but the group environment and just being around your mates is what 90% of people want to do. So if you can somehow, that's what we create here with our semi-privates is just we have anywhere from six up to 12, 15 people training at the same time, doing their own programs, but just cruising through and having some fun and having some laughs and shooting some hoops out the back and playing some cricket and 
I'm, I'm <laughs> yes. How good's that? Do you know, like, I was thinking about, do you follow Mel Robbins at all? Mel Robbins, no. She's a motivational speaker, probably one of the most booked females all around the world. Um, she talks about like the high five habit and um, the five second rule and a bunch of stuff. But yeah. if you think about footy, like, I mean, I love playing footy. I also loved kicking a goal, loved kicking a goal from outside 50 and yeah. then high fiving a few blokes, right? But in the gym, we high five each other. We're fucking well done, slap on the ass. Like, it, I don't know why that's being made wrong these days. Everything's getting canceled, but that's, it's the vibe, right? Yeah, 100%. And it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, I think it just goes back to you. you just want to hang out with your mates and just joke around, muck around. Like, that's what we've started to create in here. And I'm trying to get my crew to just get away from that hostile kind of like, stand there and count your reps like joke someone does a crappy rep like give them some shit for it like what was that yeah like and it's good like even like like people that are a little bit quieter and other people that be usually a bit more intimidated they're starting to come out of their shell mm. you get that in sporting environments we have that kid who's a little bit quieter then all of a sudden you start giving them some jokes and start playing some games and all of a sudden they start just getting out of their shell and becoming that person again so it's the same thing here yep and if people are giving you shit you know they love you it's why, it's why when you're in a gym, there's, I mean, I was in a gym where there was 30 trainers, like the banter was unreal, it was the best. Yeah. And so were the Friday night frothies. Um, so I love that. I think we could talk about culture as a completely like a separate thing, but I, honestly, I love that you've gone into it. Dude, um, if you were to kind of summarize this, because I know we've got to keep these short and sharp and I want to give people value, but um, so we've talked about the elements, you know, the things that are really important that you really are coaching your guys on and then you're building out in kind of in mentorships and things. If there was a handful of things that you really want people to start thinking about nailing, getting better at, what yep. would their gaps be? Number one, get your base anatomy and physiology and all that down pat. And go, go learn it in an application-based way where you can just like see it kind of happen. So that's the one thing I'm trying to create for my crew. That, so that'd be number one is like, get your knowledge down pat because if you get the base knowledge, it gives you the answers for what's going on. Yep. And then you can start getting better results. Number two would obviously just get your, I guess, get your values down pat and your your drive and where you're trying to go. Like start having to think about that because it's weird. Like some people need like permission to start thinking about it. I've had this conversation with so many people mm. starting to get that down pat. Um, and then just like authenticity and like being real and trying to do everything, like everything you're doing in your business and your clients, everything like that, just be real. Like it's so much more fun for yourself 100%. when you've created that environment as well. So I think, yeah, that'd probably be the biggest series, skill set down packed. Um, like, yeah. Your values. Values. And, be, and, 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 and I think honestly, you've summarized that. I know that so far we've gone through anatomy, physiology, screening, assessment, I know you talk a lot about like having like, you know, a good process like questionnaires that uncover stuff. I know we can go probably in another one. Let's let, can we have fun on like periodization and like, I feel like this like expands people's knowledge if you can go a little bit into, cause I know you've got a lot into like strength qualities, but then also like energy systems and conditioning. And I feel like that gets massively misunderstood. And overcomplicated, way overcomplicated. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, like on a side note, I'm like I'm my phase right now. I just said off air, you're you're disgusting. I don't know what forty five second triceps with not much rest. That's just gross. Um, but thank you. Uh, I smoked Jossie this morning. It just hurt a little bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I feel like if you can nail those down, and then you can learn how to apply them. And I feel like for you, the values in summary were like, be a good person, create an environment where people. 
people are like safe, that, that love to fucking learn and have fun and it, like caring and real. And they have naturally a drive, a drive to actually be self-inspired to want to grow, right? Now, I imagine for you, and I can, this is for some of your young guys, if they go and watch this back, I know that you're creating an environment for them to actually, as they keep growing, to even grow more within the roles of their business. Mm-hmm. So for any business owner watching this, create a way for people to step up and prove themselves over time. Don't yeah. give them everything at once, Yeah. right? Step them up step by step. And if they prove themselves, they can continue to be challenged and grow and be given more knowledge and more responsibility in your model over time. That's going to get you time back. I know that's what you're starting to now experience, like slowly. Now you're starting to give part reins away. How's that going? And scary as shit. It honestly took you like kicking my ass for two to three months to start handing shit over. Because it, like, it takes a bit of time, but yeah, it's, it's honestly been one of the best things I can do. And my crew of like, They've done an incredible job. Yeah. So I just took a little bit of a, like obviously my baby trying to hand it over, but like I've handed it over now and I'm getting so much more time back so I can start building the business out, which is perfect timing because things are starting to take off a fair bit. So which yeah, is awesome, dude. Yeah. And it's a credit because it's, it's, it's very challenging being a leader and it's very challenging letting go. But if you imagine a graph, <laughs> like yeah. every little drop is followed by a let go moment that then lets the next part go. But then there's another let go moment right? And I guess that's, that's growth. Um, but it's challenging <laughs> to let it go at the same time, right? I'm now at the stage, I'm about to look at two people coming aboard in the team. And I'm like, I've got to make sure they can do it as well as me. So this is one thing, and I'm happy to do this later. But this is one thing I noticed with PTs. Um, you actually taking the time, I think you're starting to get it now as being part of what we've been doing for like four or five months. Everything you do, needs to essentially be like created into a manual. Yeah. Every yeah. process, right? And right now you're so much focused on like dialing in the delivery, which is part of what goes into your mentorship, right? But then there's all the moving parts to the business as well. So the next thing is you're doing the business and you're doing the delivery and now you're bringing coaches up to do the delivery. But then the next thing is letting go of that, then letting go of the programming, then starting to get the marketing wheel happening and the sales wheel and then bringing people in for that. like. There's always let go moments, right? Yeah, I understand. Which is why you got to sit and break it down. Yeah, it's good. Starting to see it now, which is awesome. And it's, I know in the future it will save a lot of time and also just a lot of um, speed bumps in the road if everything's laid out and explained how it's meant to run. So, yeah, and I look forward to watching your young guys in your in your team grow and take on more and more opportunity because there's plenty, right? There's plenty to go around. And there's plenty more growth for people to have. Was that fun? Did you enjoy that? That was good. I feel like we could chat for hours, but no, it was good. We probably could. So we'll call it there, but I definitely have a couple of ideas I'm going to sit and write down that we can unpack next time. Definitely straight off the bat, periodization. But mate, we'll leave it there. Mate, thank you so much for your time. I know you're going to go and change some people's lives. So uh, we'll leave it there, but um, chat to you soon. Easy. Thank you, mate. Thanks, mate.